the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Courageous Christianity, a public nonprofit ministry equipping Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield. The intersection of our faith and the world is a battlefield strewn with debris of a fallen world that challenges even the hardiest souls. And yet, this intersection is the context of our faith. As courageous Christian warriors, we must navigate this difficult terrain in our personal walk and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling. As a colonel in the Marine Corps Reserves with numerous combat deployments, Richard Mendelow has walked dangerous ground in peacetime and in war. Join us as he and his guests shed light on this critical intersection on spiritual combat and on the rules of engagement for courageous Christianity. And here's your host, Richard Mendelow. Friends, welcome and thank you for joining us on Courageous Christianity. Over the last year, we've talked about the insurgency which undermines our nation. We've said that this insurgency is an extension of the devil's insurgency against God and that it operates throughout our culture, our politics, our economics, our media, and our educational system, and even to the extent that it shapes our access to information. Might sound far-fetched, but as you have heard me say repeatedly, you can't get this messed up by accident. For example... Who would have thought as many times as socialism failed in the last century, as many people as were murdered under socialist regimes, and as indisputable as the evidence is that socialism does not work, we would be struggling against the rhetoric of Marxist elitists today? Who would have thought that prayer in school would be outlawed but prayer in prison encouraged? Who would have thought that the murder of unborn children would be applauded and funded by our government? There's only one explanation, and that is that the devil's hand is at work. And we're going to talk about that today with our special guest and expert on information operations, Sean Griffin. Sean, welcome. Hi, Richard. Thanks for having me. And as always, folks, I am joined by and so grateful for Christy Stratton, my motivating wingman. Motivating. Motivating. (laughs) I love it. Hello, everyone. Uh, Folks, before we begin, I must remind you that as a colonel still serving in the Marine Corps Reserves, I have to preface my comments by saying that these are my personal views and they do not necessarily represent the Department of Defense or the Department of the Navy. Please pray with us. Heavenly Father, you have said that as we ask, so shall we receive, that as we seek, so shall we find, and as we knock on your door, so shall it be opened to us. Please hear us today, Lord. As we come to you in prayer, asking, seeking, and knocking, Heavenly Father, in these perverse times where wrong is put up as right and right is said to be wrong, we seek your truth, we seek your understanding, and we seek to know your will for our lives. 
Help us today in that effort. Help us to be refined in our discernment of the devil's evil schemes as they are acted out in the fight between truth and lies. Help us to open our hearts in love and compassion while resolving our minds to the spiritual realities of our present fight. And give us the courage to walk in your truth as written in Scripture, in the black, white, and red of your faithful love. May all we do be glorifying unto you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, Sean, thank you so much for joining us and for giving us this time. I was actually listening to some of your uh, videos last week, and amazing, not just the breadth of your uh, Bible knowledge, but your very interesting experience as a Christian and with information operations. So when you hear an intro like the one I just delivered, Sean, what comes to your mind? I think we're kindred brothers. <laughs> I think we've been researching the same information in life and taking the same perspective as far as being a believer in this modern culture and the challenges that we face. Yeah, that's amazing. Now, I listened to one of your videos and you talked about your journey as a Christian. Would you mind sharing some of that with us? Sure. Was it the interview with the uh, with the atheist? No, but that sounds interesting. <laughs> well, I was just trying to figure out which piece of information, because uh, I, I share some of the more spiritual experiences in that interview with the atheist, but um, I definitely have a, you know, a testimony of just, you know, I was raised in a home where my father was a pastor, and he had uh, pastored several different churches, and then he became, um, he actually started his own nonprofit uh, foundation where he has orphanages in different countries across the world, and he's done that since 1986. He started doing that by going into Russia when it was still under communism and trying to speak at their Greek Orthodox churches, and then that turned into him uh, setting up an orphanage over there, and then he still has one in the Ukraine today. Um, Just in case the listener is not aware, the Ukraine used to be a part of the the greater Soviet Union until it broke away when when communism quote-unquote fell. And so um, he still goes over there on a regular basis, and as well as other countries. And he has a very he, he helped me uh, form a very uh, what I would say is informed and and well rounded perspective of how blessed we are in the United States uh, to have what we do experience, and how other countries do not have that experience. Because he was, as a Christian man going over there, he was being persecuted right off the bat. I mean, right as soon as, literally by the customs agents um, at the border and, and at the airports, trying to take Bibles to people in Russia. And uh, I remember as a kid, I actually used to help him in his office. We would we would have these little, small little, like, 10-page booklets that he had made uh, about Jonah and the Well or David and Goliath, you know, basic Bible stories. And I would help him, you know, staple those and put those together. And, and then he would try to stuff those in his shoes and hide them in his socks and things like that and put them in a lining of his suitcase so he wow. could smuggle them in and take them to the people in the churches in, in Russia because they would not allow any of that information. So they actually had a state-run church, but they wouldn't allow the people freedom of information to, to research things for themselves. And so he would get that. Sometimes they would find it, sometimes they wouldn't. And sometimes they would detain him, you know, for a day and take away his passport and interrogate him and threaten him and all this stuff. And so every time he went over there, we never really knew if he was coming back. Mm. So it kind of gave me a a, a unique perspective growing up about that we are in a battle. We are in a true fight with deceived humans who um, are committing 
horrible acts against other fellow humans in for the name of some strange political ideology or for the sense of control and power and this is a fight that it it finds itself you know in a pinpoint directly over religious ideas specifically over christian doctrines uh announced in the bible so this is where that was my backdrop my mentality growing up as a kid and so then I became a you know a believer myself when I was 17, July 17, 1997, on I-95 in New Jersey, in the back <laughs> of a minivan. <laughs> and it was one of those moments where um, you know it wasn't it wasn't your typical moment like a like a lot of people might have where they go up for an altar call at a church. It was uh, I had heard a thousand of those. My dad was a pastor, right? And I was I went to even after my dad stopped pastoring and started his foundation, I still went to church regularly. Um, at other churches, and I'd heard those altar calls on my life. I just, for whatever reason, I had this incredible moment with with my family in the car, and I'm just sitting in the back of the minivan. And I, you know, I was 17, so you know, you're highly emotional as a teenager. And uh, I went through a breakup with a girlfriend. I was depressed, and I just thought, you know what? I've heard about this all my life. I'm going to give this a try. And I know that sounds, you know, a little bit flippant. But thankfully, the father didn't take it flippantly, and thankfully, he responded amazingly in that moment. And so I, I said a prayer to him in my heart, and I said, I want to do this for real. I want to give this a try. I don't want to be fake about this. Um, uh, you know, help me understand what makes you tick is kind of what my prayer was. Help me to uh, to, to know you in a way that um, I, I read about people in the Bible who dedicate their life to you. And so in that moment, I, had, I felt like someone poured warm water over me. And um, I, my instantly, my mind, I wanted to read the Bible. And my, my stepmother, she was uh, in the minivan with us, and she had this pink woman's devotional Bible with little flowers all over it and everything. <laughs> it, was the, it was in the back of the cargo netting in front of me that I was staring at. And so I grabbed that as we were driving. And we were actually, I believe we were going to, I think we were going to um, one of my father's speaking engagements in New Jersey. And so we had about a four or five hour ride, and I just read, um, you know, Matthew and and Luke, and then I, re- for some reason, I read um, uh, Leviticus and Deuteronomy, and I didn't understand what I was reading. Of course, it was just a, a first real deep dive into that kind of information. And, and but after that trip, I got home and I jumped in the Book of James and the Book of First John. And I really started studying, and I never stopped. So that was uh, twenty three years ago. Wow. That is Christy. <laughs> I'm saying definitely a unique perspective. I wrote down some notes here. I'm like, I come to faith um, in a minivan, yeah. back of a minivan with a pink Bible. <laughs> yeah, and you know, yeah. and I'm not poking fun at it. I just think that's I love it. It's very powerful. I came to faith in the front of an Airbus at 39,000 feet, and my only regret is that it wasn't the front of a Boeing. Because as my son says, if it's not Boeing, I'm not going. But (laughs) another thing that you said in there that was amazing is you talked about perception. And you talked about your father trying to smuggle the word. And God bless him because it is only in the word that we can know truth. And then you said that your prayer was to know God. And so many times people take other people's word for who God is and that he laid on your heart, reach for this pink Bible and I will help you to know me. And by the way, I want to know you. And I thought that was amazing. And it really does speak to information operations because 
as we seek to know the truth of God, the devil seeks to confound that understanding. Mm. Yeah. Does, does that make sense? It does. Yeah, so uh, we talked last week, uh, the week before, actually we've talked quite often about the way people make decisions uh, in this thing called an OODA loop, which is an acronym, O-O-D-A, and it stands for Observe, Orient, Decide, Act. And that's how all decisions are made, whether we realize it or not. And oftentimes people stop there and think that that's the end of the story. But what they forget is that the way we observe and the way we orient ourselves to that observation can be easily manipulated. And information operations seeks to use all manner to do that. And so, for example, here's a definition I read online today. Information operations is uh, integrated employment uh, in concert with other lines of operations to influence, disrupt, corrupt, or usurp the decision-making of adversaries and potential adversaries while protecting our own. So as we seek to make decisions and then uh, to know the truth of God and to act on those decisions, the devil is working through all these different means to interrupt that. And Sean has considerable experience with censorship and his efforts to speak the truth of God being uh, attacked by the devil. And we're going to talk about that in the second segment as we're coming to the end of this first segment. Uh, Sean, we just want to thank you so much for being here and for sharing that uh, amazing story with us. And folks... um, I guess what I want you to hear is that your relationship with God, your very personal relationship with God, which comes by learning about him from the word, from his word written in black and white and so valuable and precious that it's smuggled into countries that live in darkness. And it's the light that shines so brightly for all of us. And when we come back, we're going to go into that. Stay with us. lost in a crowded place I was dying to be free Hello everyone, this is Christy Stratton. As you may know, I'm host Richard Mindelow's wingman. You might wonder what a wingman is. Here on Courageous Christianity, it means I'm here to support the host of the show in our efforts to accomplish our mission. That mission is to equip Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield, and we need your help to do that. Your tax-deductible support is what keeps us on the air and sustains our ongoing efforts. Courageous Christianity is a public nonprofit ministry. If you'd like to support our mission and this ministry, you can do so by texting any amount to 281-800-4940. That's 281-800-4940. And for a donation of $25 or more, we will send you a signed copy of Richard's book, Right Makes Might, 40 Days to Courageous Christianity. You will absolutely love this devotional, and it will help you to be more equipped in your walk as a courageous Christian. If texting isn't a fit, you can also donate by going to CourageousChristianity.today. So text to donate to 281-800-4940 or go to CourageousChristianity.today. Friends, thank you. We are so very grateful for your listenership and for your support.
friends, welcome back. I'm Richard Mendelow, and you're listening to Courageous Christianity. And today, Christy and I are talking to Sean Griffin about information operations and the insurgency's effort to create an alternate truth to the Word of God. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, we have different music on the way out and the way in from that break, and that is by Chad Strader, who I've known Chad for quite some time, and he's an amazing musician and man of God, and he has blessed us with that music. And turns out that I know him indirectly, too. He's a global worship leader at uh, River Point Church, and uh, I used to attend one of their satellite churches. So, you know, small world. It's it's a beautiful <laughs> world. And awesome music. And you know what? That's actually an interesting thought. It's a beautiful world. But uh, if you th- ask most people right now, I think they would say, well, this is rough and this is difficult. And it's because information operations is about managing people's perceptions. And the devil works very hard to have us think that everything is broken. And then you look around like uh, first responders who absolutely give their hearts to, to serving others in time of need and nurses and doctors and just regular people doing regular jobs with kindness and uh, with encouragement. And that is uh, the truth. And our guest today has some unique experience with perspective. Yeah. So, perception. so Sean, uh, you worked very hard uh, to speak to Christians about God's loving truth, and the enemy is doing his best to thwart your efforts. Thwart is always a hard word to say on the radio, and <laughs> the enemy's trying real hard to get into your OODA loop and start driving your decisions. How's that looking for you? Well, it is. it has been a, a wonderful challenge. Uh, we did, we, I personally uh, started a YouTube channel about three years ago to try to share God's Word with people, specifically the message of, of Jesus Christ, of Yeshua of Nazareth, which is the gospel of the kingdom of God. And so our YouTube channel is called Kingdom of Context, and we actually took thematic overview of Scripture, and, I, and we have like this little artistic tree as our logo, and the branches on the tree are thematic ideas that are found all throughout Scripture, mm. like the Son of God, like the Garden, like, you know, the, these uh, intricate ideas of covenant and, you know, God's instructions, the commandments, that kind of stuff. So those are those are kind of like an artistic expression we try to portray uh, quickly to the viewer about these are the major themes that our channel is going to be addressing, because all these themes are interlaced into the message that Jesus spoke everywhere he went during his earthly ministry. And then if, uh, it's my belief that if we understand that message, not only will we understand the Old Testament really easily, but also prophecy of the future and why things happen going forward. Now, most people who have read the Bible any amount of time know that prophecy about this about the future is all about information warfare. It's the Father giving us information to know what's coming so that we can, uh, ahead of time, be prepared for the attacks of the enemy on his people. And that is why the Old Testament prophets are layered with the same prophecy that we see expounded in the New Testament. And this was the same kind of information that Yeshua was was talking about in his earthly ministry um, in multiple places. He wants us to be prepared. He wants us to have the information um, so that we can make good decisions and, and not be in fear. That's the biggest thing. It's so interesting that you brought up the Old Testament and that you brought up uh, 
this ongoing battle because uh, I preached uh, not long ago about uh, this subject. And what was amazing to me is Genesis chapter 2, the second chapter of the Bible. God creates man and woman and in the Garden of Eden, in the, in the middle of the Garden of Eden, in the heart of the Garden of Eden, and heart being like the center and what really matters, there was the tree of life and right next to it, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So what we learn from that is the heart of the matter is the choice between life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and it's a very close choice. And a few lines later, Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, the devil begins his attack on God's truth. And what's funny is he doesn't come out and say, God is a liar. I'll read this to you. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? And what's always been so amazing to me about that is the misleading began right at the beginning. Yeah, it's it's been around forever. (laughs) In in the one chapter, God says this and the very next second, the the serpent, the devil is, is Satan is saying, did he really say that? Well, yeah, he just said it. But it's hard, isn't it? That that seems to be his lead-in. You know, if he's a lawyer and he's uh, building his case, um, or he's trying to, you know, sway a jury, that seems to be his, his common lead-in that has worked well for him for thousands of years, which is just to get us to, to internally question, did, well, did God really say this, or did God really mean what he said? Is it? And there, that is what we address on our, on our channel um, and our ministry so often is, all the different denominations that will look at the same verse and ask that question. And they don't realize they're asking that question, but they really are. And I've done many, I've actually debate, I've done wow. debates on my channel with pastors, and they don't realize when I, I bring the verse and I'll put it on screen in front for both of us to read and look at in front of the audience. And, and then I, and they'll say, well, I know it says that, but it means this. Mm. And I'm like, well, wait a minute, where's the context come in? Where's the definitions of the words come in? This is our basic reading comprehension. We, we've got to take this for what it says you know, and, and not reinterpret it according to our own understandings or comfort levels. That that attack has been happening for since the beginning, like you just read. And to me, that's why there's thousands of denominations in the, in the Christian church in North America. Yeah, and the, the amazing thing about that is that's a violation of Scripture because God prizes unity in the truth. And I was talking with a mutual friend uh, of Sean's and, and uh, mine and Christie's last night, And I was saying to him that we have unity with God in the truth. And the only way we can have unity with each other is in that same truth. Because if we give up the truth to have unity with other humans, then we lose unity with God. And so you can't have it both ways. You have to have unity with God in the truth of God. And in that unity, in that truth, you connect with others. And and that's where the devil is. And I think all these different denominations, I don't understand how that makes sense because we're told to have unity and we're told not to quarrel. So right. you, yeah, raise, four. Yeah, you raise a, a brilliant point. Um, but, you know, as you say that, think about all the different things. Uh, God says one thing, the world says the opposite. And And I've said this on the show before. It's not just 10 degrees off or 15 degrees off. It's 180 degrees off. So, for example, God says forgive, and the world says be offended. God says work, the world says you're entitled, and politicians hand out welfare checks with no strings attached. 
God says that men are to lead their families, so the world attacks masculinity and calls strong men toxic while extolling the virtues of radical feminists. God says the building block of his kingdom is family, so the world attacks marriage while pretending to care about the fatherless. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. And as I read the Bible and I think about everything God says, the world has an opposite answer. It's so important what you do to speak that truth. And so in your efforts, you have been censored? We we have. We we definitely. Um, I'll have videos that are, you know, taken down or, you know, if people aren't aware of how YouTube works and some of these video hosting platforms, they, they have algorithms that will, you know, if your content speaks about a certain topic and people are looking for that topic, well, that will suggest those videos uh, for people looking for that topic. And if they don't, like what you're talking about, or they want to diminish your reach and how many people you reach with that topic, that's how they start censoring you. It's called shadow banning. Um, otherwise, uh, blatant censorship is they just remove you from the platform. And there's been, there have been Christians out there that experience that. Um, other ways to censor you is to diminish your reach through suggestions or, or lack of suggestions, as well as demonetizing your video, which is um, once you reach a certain level of of viewers on YouTube and subscribers, they actually will, will allow you partnership into their their advertising uh, program, basically, where they give you pennies pennies on the dollar uh, for views, you know. And but if you get you know hundreds of thousands of views, those pennies add up. But ultimately, by being in the, in the monetized program, they ensure to suggest you to more people because YouTube wants to make money too, right? They want to get more exposure for that content people are enjoying for the advertisers as well. Um, so just in case people have always wondered about YouTube content creators, we have no control over the advertisements that pop up during our videos. That's just a part of it. So as a result, though, if they don't like your content, they'll demonetize you for that specific video. You won't. They'll still advertise on your video. They just won't pay you, and they won't suggest you um, to, to not only beyond your, your viewership, but also they won't suggest you to your, fuel, your full audience that is following your channel so it's we have people all the time that tell us you know hey i i never knew you put out this video they didn't notify me and i didn't see it and it's it's sad it's really sad because that's just how they suppress your information and sometimes it's hilarious we'll do live streams so when we do a live stream we have to go into the internal system in youtube and the dashboard behind the scenes and we have to announce that we're going to do a live stream at this time and date so that the audience can be ready for it and before i even you know start the live stream, meaning I haven't said anything on air yet, they'll demonetize the video just based off the wow. title. Just based on the description. <laughs> so you know people are watching and monitoring. So uh, here's my point, folks, and see if you can stay with me on this logic. Sometimes I stare out the windshield of airplanes and cars too long, and I think some crazy thoughts. But <laughs> censorship of God's Word is proof that the world doesn't want you to hear God's word. Fair enough? Fair enough. And if the world doesn't want you to hear God's word, you have to ask yourself, why? Right. Because it's the truth. And as we live in pain and we don't know the truth, then the devil can manipulate us. You following me? So the next thing you ask is, who's doing this? Why are they doing it? And finally, the amazing thing that censorship tells us is, what they censor. So they censor the Word of God. They allow other things to come through. That tells us what they want us to hear. So ask yourself what you see all over. Ask yourself about commercials, and that'll give you that answer. 
Come on back, folks. Uh, we're going to talk to Sean Griffin again uh, in the next segment. Here's this week's So What Are We Reading? We believe that a part of what helps us in our walk as courageous Christians is reading. And so we're taking a moment during each show to share what we are reading and how it's helping us in the hope that it will help you. First and foremost, we are always reading the Bible and we truly encourage you to always start there. And next, we hope you'll be reading with us Right Makes Might, 40 Days to Courageous Christianity. And yes, it's by the host of Courageous Christianity, Richard Mindelow. And now you can get your complimentary copy. Thank you to KKHT for featuring Richard's book on KKHT.com with a book giveaway. Want to read along with us? Get your complimentary book by going to KKHT.com. Look for and click the 40 Days to Courageous Christianity image on the homepage. Enter some easy info and KKHT will take care of the rest. The book is a 40-day devotional for those who seek to become Christian warriors. It's about heart, faith, courage, and truth. Richard brings his experience as a colonel in the Marines and as a Jew who believes in Christ to the readings. You'll hear Richard's courageous love of Jesus in every word. At the end of the 40 days, with God's help, you will have experienced a transformation. You will have learned how to speak about your faith more, how to pray more, and how with God's help to stand your ground more firmly, all while leading people to a decision about their eternal souls. You will be a Christian warrior and a guardian of the faith. So make sure to get your complimentary copy by going to kkht.com. Look for and click the 40 Days to Courageous Christianity image on the homepage. Enter your info and KKHT will get you your copy. We want to hear your thoughts about the devotional, so please let us know at our Facebook or Instagram pages by searching Courageous Christianity. And to learn more about our ministry efforts, go to CourageousChristianity.today. And as always, if you want to reach us, you can email us at CourageousChristianity at gmail.com. Our beloved A.W. Tozer says, the things you read will fashion you, slowly conditioning your mind. We pray that in this next week, you will be reading the things that will condition your mind as a courageous Christian warrior. Counted the streetlights as we headed up to the chapel to pay our last respects. Someday Friends, you're listening to Courageous Christianity, and that is Chad Strader. And you can find him on Apple Music just has a heart for God and you can hear it in his songs and we're so grateful that he allows us to use his music. We're talking about information operations with Sean Griffin who has been censored and kicked around the block because he's trying to speak the word of God. And uh, I spoke about Genesis chapter 3 verse 1. Satan has been trying to Obfuscate. I was waiting for it. I really wanted to say you, that word earlier, but I could. I didn't want to steal you didn't your thunder. Think we were I knew you were going. Oh, I knew we were. I, I love knew. that word, folks. And Christy knows I love it. And there's no way we were going to have a show on information operations. And I tried I was to. I tried to call gonna, it conflab, confabulation, yeah, and he's no. like, "No, that is not the word." <laughs> this word is totally awesome. If you look it up, obfuscate. It means to render obscure, unclear, or unintelligible. And so in the devil's efforts to shape what you think, that's what he's going to try and do. So take political correctness, for example. You pull the veil of political correctness down in front of all of these important issues, and we never have important discussions to address important issues. And so the problems uh, persist, and the suffering persists, and God's people are uh, suffering. And I can imagine that people 
don't know that it's happening. And so, Sean, uh, what I would, you know, kind of just looking at YouTube from um, somebody who doesn't know what you just shared, that there's this censorship, um, how, I mean, how did you discover it? Like, is it, does it, um, are there signals? Did, I mean, I think, think you said something about people telling you about it, but I got to imagine in general, people don't know about this. It's, it's for the content creator, yeah, the, the one who has the YouTube channel, it's in our dashboard. They'll, they'll send you a notification or they'll just, um, they'll tell you with your video that they've either demonetized you or that they've, uh, they're not circulating your video due to some violation of their terms of service, but they never actually tell you what violation that is. Hmm. They just, you know, and I, obviously I'm talking about scriptures, you know, I'm not, I'm not putting up anything that, um, inflammatory i'm not i'm not calling for any type of violence i'm not i'm not putting up any type of pornography or anything like that it's just simply talking about scriptures but wow. yet they'll tell you that you've you've somehow crossed the line with them and that they're not going to promote your video or they'll just absolutely refrain your video from being seen in certain countries they've done that as well in the past so as we were leaving the last segment um not only was i tongue twisted but i was talking about censorship provides confirmation that forces do not want us to hear the truth of God. Those forces want us to hear something else. So what's censored tells you what they don't want us to hear. What's not censored tells you what they do want us Mm, to hear. That makes sense. And Sean said something so great in the break. Uh, He said that the flack is always thickest over the target. So when you're being censored, you know you're saying something that the insurgency doesn't want people to hear. Because keep in mind, insurgency is a type of irregular warfare which seeks influence or legitimacy over a group of people. And that comes by those people's perception of reality. And so information operations manipulates that perception. And we get to an area of of cognitive warfare which is very complicated And we won't dig too deeply into it, but cognitive warfare is so interesting to me as you try and manipulate people's perception of reality. According to the Harvard Kennedy School, which studies international relations, cognitive warfare seeks to alter through information means how a target population thinks and through that, how they act. So... Specifically, it's a battle over perception of reality. And so Sean is talking about God's truth. That is what's real. Everything else is a construct of the devil begun in the very beginning. So I think it's really eye-opening for the listeners to hear this. At least I hope it is. Um, It's eye-opening for me. I wonder then, now that our eyes are opened, what do we do about it? Well, uh, Sean, how would you answer that? I know what my answer would be. You go first. Well, well, we, we definitely, uh, I try to connect with other people so that I can increase my reach on um, through the platform. And so we'll have guests on so that way their audience is aware of us and vice versa. Um, so that way we can override the censorship manually by just allowing ourselves greater exposure to new audiences. But on a bigger scale, um, me and some other people have come together to try to form a new video hosting platform and social media um, that is hopefully going to provide no censorship 
and allow you know the truth to rise to the top and for people to have free speech. Brilliant. Tell us about that. It's called Lighthouse, and it's a, it's a project that's been in the work for about a year now, and uh, we're getting close to our beta uh, testing, and it is basically the best of YouTube as far as video hosting, the best of Facebook as far as its social media interaction, and then the best of online selling platforms like Etsy and eBay and Amazon sellers so that people that want to have an online store upload their products, have commerce. We've integrated those three concepts into one easy-to-use platform, and it's going to actually allow people to get on there, and if they want a channel and they want to create videos, or if they just want to get on there and scroll social media and upload funny pictures or pictures of their family, or if they want to actually sell products, we've integrated this to where they can interact all together, and you can actually help increase your reach. You can expand your marketing and capabilities uh, to meet new people for the sake of expanding your business or your video platform content. Um, or just your friendships and social media, as well as for churches, if they you know if they want to expand their reach with uh, church groups, um, or just the idea of you know online marketing through social media because it's such a powerful platform these days. But unfortunately, the same censorship I just talked about on YouTube, I faced also on Facebook, <laughs> which mm. is hilarious. Frankly, um, I'm and shocked. Also on Instagram. <laughs> no, you no, don't say. say it ain't so. <laughs> and Facebook seems like such a productive platform. Well, that's very exciting to know that there's something uh, new, and it sounds like to you know what you're doing is is creating something new that where truth can be spoken, right? Absolutely. And, and you know what? You don't have to censor it. Let let everybody say what they want. Let people know that what they're seeing is unmanipulated, and then let them hear the word of God because the the truth doesn't have to be screamed. It doesn't have to be shouted. You don't have to beat anybody over the head with it. It's the truth. Right. And Scripture right. says everything hidden will be brought out into the open and everything concealed will be made known. So as Christians, all we have to do is firstly know the truth and secondly speak it. So, Sean, just real quick, uh, right now before you move to that new platform or if you move to that uh, platform, how would people find you on YouTube right now? Oh, they'll just go to Kingdom and Context. Kingdom so, you know, and context. Jesus preached about the, the kingdom of God, and so you just go to kingdom and context. And we try to approach things from context. But uh, real quick, Christy, before I uh, explain about more on that, if I could, I just want to make sure that the listener knows that uh, the word lighthouse is um, with three eyes. Ah. We, we actually, every other option was taken already. So <laughs> to find the, a domain that we could actually use, and we're, we had to use three eyes. So L-I-I-I-G-H-T-H-O-U-S-E lighthouse.com but if they also search that same lighthouse spelling uh, on the youtube platform currently they'll find a youtube channel for lighthouse where we've uploaded commercials and full in-depth uh, and you know um, interviews about the platform and some of its features and functionality so if you're listening and you want more information on that you can you can see that as well on our lighthouse channel on youtube um, until the actual site is live and that's a great distinction and that's l three eyes i i i yeah but that logo. makes complete sense because each eye stands for right the social the market and the video yeah i also that's, see it with the trinity oh brilliant i missed that part sean the trinity is uh that implied in the three eyes as well Technically, no. No, oh. it's not. It's actually it's simply because we were Lighthouse with one eye was taken. Um, you, it'd be amazed when people try to start a new business and, and purchase a new website. You, you try to go find the domain, and they're all bought up. Any, any regular smelling of every word out there. I mean, we spent probably two full months 
uh, trying to find the name. And then when we settled on Lighthouse, because we thought it was a great representation of what we were hoping to bring, which is light to the darkness, we realized Lighthouse was taken, and then Lighthouse with two eyes was taken. <laughs> and so then we were like, all right, what about three eyes? And it actually was open. But it works well because we have the three facets of the platform, video, video social, and market all integrated. So we thought that was a nice representation there, three intelligent parts of the platform put into one central focus. I love that. And I just made up that it was also for the Trinity. So <laughs> that yeah. works for me. And I That's get what you're saying darkness. about the whole you can't find things, because I think I tried to go use my name to start something and it was already taken. And I can't figure out how that happens. Who wants to have my name? Well, it's interesting. I took my name uh, several years back and there's actually a famous Christy Stratton. I'm not her. So I have it. Well, we think you're famous. <laughs> I read this about cognitive warfare and uh, we're talking in and all around it, and it's so important because the truth of God, God's Word, He wants to have a relationship with us. And in that relationship, uh, it's a father talking to his children. He, he doesn't want to hear about his children from somebody else. He wants to hear directly from his children. And there are so many uh, of us out there who don't realize that the love of God through Christ is available to us. And we learn about that love and the nature of the Father who loves us in His Word. And the stories of the Bible uh, just uh, convey all of that and, and the struggle and uh, even uh, God's struggle. I told you one of the most painful verses for me to read in the Bible, uh, I think it was Jeremiah chapter 3, where God says, Basically, I plan to give you the most wonderful land and the most wonderful life, and I thought you would love me and call me Father. Mm, yeah. And my heart hurts when I, when I uh, uh, read that, and I think largely it's the devil's manipulation, yeah. which has people confused, uh, sometimes through religion, and the truth is, is that God loves us and He is accessible to us. And uh, when we come back, we're going to have some final thoughts from our guest, Sean Griffin. Stay with us. And mayhem, whatever happened to the picture I created in my head. Days and nights they go Friends, it's Richard, host of Courageous Christianity. In addition to donations, sponsorships also help to keep us on the air and sustain our ongoing efforts. We'd love for you to join us in this mission. If you own a Christian business or an entrepreneur or it's just on your heart to support our efforts, sponsorship opportunities are available. You'll have the chance to have your message heard during each show and much more. If you want to join us in our mission to equip Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield and support us with your sponsorship, call 281-656-1833 or email us at CourageousChristianity at gmail.com. Contact us to apply as there are some requirements. Please call 281-656-1833 or email us at CourageousChristianity at gmail.com. We're grateful for your listenership and for your support. What a friend we have. You're listening to Chad Strader, and this song uh, that's bumping us in right now is the first of his that I came to know, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. 
and uh, you can hear many versions of it, but Chad Strader's version is uh, just the most amazing. And again, you can find that on Apple Music. And we're lucky to say he is our friend. He is our <laughs> friend. Thank you, God. And you'll be hearing that on the show each and every week and from here on out. I'm so happy about that. He has been so gracious. and It's just God, a godsend. Kingdom work. Yeah, absolutely. Whatever brings glory Speaking to God. Speaking of that, kingdom work, Sean. Sean's doing kin- kingdom yeah, work. Yeah, absolutely. Sean, tell us about, uh, you had a scripture you wanted to talk about. Sure. Richard, in the last segment, you'd mentioned about, you know, information operations and the type of warfare that is employed upon uh, not just the culture that we're in, but also the people of faith, believers who try to actively, you know, search out God's Word and, and practice the, the Father and the Son's behavior to better our life and to show love to people around us. But the enemy is always trying to thwart that, always trying to obfuscate that information so that we don't <laughs> practice that correctly or that we're demotivated or demoralized and do not practice that. So we see examples of this actually against Jesus himself in the Scriptures in Matthew 4 and Luke 4 when the adversary, Satan, he comes to try to tempt Jesus while he's fasting in the wilderness. He's in a state of physical weakness. And the enemy comes up to him, and he, he asks him three questions. Well, what's interesting is one of the questions where it says he takes him to the temple, and he tells him to cast himself down, and then he says, you know, the, the angels will be sent to help you would not, you know, hurt your foot on a stone. He's actually, the, the enemy in that moment, speaking to the Messiah, speaking to the Son of God, is actually misquoting and, and obfuscating the information from Psalm 91 hmm. to, the, to the Son of God, to the Word made flesh, in attempts to try to trick him in the same facet that he did with, as you mentioned in Genesis 2, with, with Adam and Eve, except now he's speaking to the Son of God, which is hilarious in my opinion, that he would actually try this same tactic on, you know, the, the Word made flesh. And I, I think that it's pretty funny to me to see he's misquoting this passage, because that Psalm 91, is, in my understanding of it and reading of it, is a prophecy about the Son of God at his second coming, and how he will not be able to be hurt, and he's going to take out the enemy, and the Father will have, you know, the, the myriads upon myriads of angels to help him and guide him, as we see in Matthew 24, 29 through 31, and many other passages about the second coming. But yet, the enemy's trying to take that out of its context and twist it so that he can confuse the Son of God with it to do something that's outside of his character or behavior. Of course, the Messiah doesn't fall for it, because he knows the Scriptures better than that. And that's that's one I would suggest. That is our goal. That is how we insulate ourselves from this type of information operations that are employed against us, is we have to know the Father's Word. His Word is truth, right? So we have to, you know, shield ourselves uh, with the Word so that we can actually repel these fiery darts of the enemy. And, but because in, in the here and now, that is being orchestrated in, a, in an actual plan that's been published in the 20th century against Christians and and specifically against Christians in the United States. Do you mind if I read something real quick? Please. Okay, it should take about 30 seconds. Essentially, if, if either one of you, I'm not sure if you're familiar with, this is a lady that was, her and her husband were a part of the formation of the United Nations in the early 20th century. She's no longer alive. And uh, her name was Alice Bailey, and she was actually a part of the, the Lu- Lucas Trust. It actually was originally named the Lucifer Trust, but they mm. had to rename it when they figured that people didn't like that Lucifer name. So it's called the Lucas Trust, and they've been part of the consultative status with the Economic and Social Council of the United Nations and the world's goodwill since its founding and inception. And they're recognized by the Department of Public Information at the United Nations. 
And as such, they're, they're a part of this community of other NGOs that play an active role in, with the United Nations in developing worldwide policy and, and consultation. And she actually published a 10-point plan during her life before she passed. And real quick, this plan is what you've already mentioned in the first and third segment, where it says, number one, was to take God and prayer out of the education system. Number two, and mind you, this is way before 1962. This is 40 years before. Number, number wow. two was to reduce parental authority over children and promote excessive child rights to abolish corporal punishment and, and that teachers are the agents of implementation, not the parents. Number three was destroy the Judeo-Christian family structure and promote sexual promiscuity, use advertising to do that through the media, TVs, and magazines. Number four was create the idea that sex is free and make abortion legal and make it easy and accessible. Number five was to make divorce easy and legal and to try to free people from this marriage concept. Number six was to create home, uh, to make homosexuality an alternative lifestyle that, that's already acceptable by all people. Number seven was to debase art and make it run mad. And I think that's an interesting way that she put that, uh, because we see this random, crazy art where people are literally duct taping a banana to a wall and selling it for $15,000 in New York City. And number eight is to use media to promote and change the mindsets of the general public. And number nine was to create an interfaith movement, whereas... Sound doctrine doesn't matter as long as everyone's accepted. And number 10 was to get governments to make all these laws and get the churches to endorse these changes, which is what we are seeing happening with the interfaith movements. Wow. Wow. Well, so um, all, all 10 points are being actively accomplished in our current society. I'm going to have to look at that. They absolutely <laughs> are. And what comes to mind when I put two of those things together, you talked about Jesus in the wilderness being tempted by the devil, and then uh, you talk about that plan, all of which leans very heavily on a Christian in this world. And uh, as you were talking about Jesus, when uh, Matthew chapter 4, verse 11, the devil's tempted him and Jesus, it then says this, the devil, then the devil left him and angels came and attended him. So folks, it's hard. And it was hard for Jesus. And it's by the scripture, by the word of God that we contend. It's not with pithy comments on Facebook. I almost said Facebook because pithy comments. Uh, that's <laughs> pithy, as hard but as it's sport. definitely not Facebook. It's not with pithy <laughs> comments. It's not with tit for tat. It's not with hate. Uh, we talked about Dr. King who said, you know, hate cannot uh, drive out hate. Only love can. And mm. uh, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can. And so... I understand that this leans heavily on us. Uh, I have an explanation of cognitive warfare, which I came across, which says when practice effectively uh, has strength and insidious nature and disrupts our ordinary understandings and reactions to events. So we see this all around us, and it's painful. And you're hearing from Sean Griffin, who obviously has a heart for Jesus and a heart for people and uh, came to uh, God so beautifully, uh, the son of a courageous Christian. And so if you're struggling, it's understandable. And we're all struggling, but unity in the truth of God is where we find our combat power. Sean, uh, a final thought for us. I just encourage people to, to jump in their book, jump in the Bible. And, and a lot of people struggle to read it simply because they um, they think that some of the terms are unfamiliar, and that's usually due to a lack of them taking the time to actually you know read it. But I would encourage them to try to keep their 
their scripture reading in the context. So, so read the whole chapter. Don't just read one verse at a time. And if you, there's a word you come across that you're confused by, look up the definition of the word. That'll greatly help you understand that passage better. And, and try, to, try to read, you know, several chapters at a time to get the full context. And that, I see that as the biggest problem in the average believer's life, to, to get to know the Father better and His Word better. They, they hear, they've been conditioned by most modern-day preaching to take one verse and then have 55 minutes of anecdotal stories. But that's not how we're supposed to read the Bible. We're supposed to wow. read it like a book that was written for us to understand in its context. So that would be my biggest Sean, encouragement. thank you. That is uh, a fantastic uh, final thought and obviously the truth. And as you know, in every show we have a moment of truth where we look at Scripture, which informs our discussion. It's not our intent here to just run off at the mouth about what we think. What we want to do is run off at the mouth about what God thinks and His love of us. And to remember that His Word is our first refuge, that it's always relevant, and that it never fails. And to that end, I have three Scriptures for you today. John chapter 3, verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his own one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. The second scripture, which I think is relevant, is from Acts chapter 17, verse 31. He has given proof of this to everyone by raising him from the dead. And the third scripture, John chapter 15, verse 12, My command is this, Love each other as I have loved you. So friends, when things get confusing, do the basics. In combat, Marines refer to this as brilliance in the basics. What does that mean for us as Christians? As the enemy seeks to confuse and obscure, obfuscating, we (laughs) clarify our walk as Christians with the eternal truth of Jesus Christ. We do the basics to clear the smoke from the fire set by the enemy, to settle the dust which he relentlessly beats into the air, we simply believe in Jesus. We remind ourselves that in him we have eternal life. We remind ourselves that God loves us and we love each other. And I want to make this important uh, point as well. We don't only love people who look like us or think like us or vote like us. We love everyone. It's that simple and that hard. And it brings... uh, us to our quote of the day. Our quote of the day. In 1928, Arthur Ponsonby said, when war is declared, truth is the first casualty. And Samuel Johnson said something similar. He said, among the calamities of war may be jointly numbered the diminution of the love of truth by the falsehoods which interest dictates and credulity encourages. So friends, to put it simply, in any war, truth is a first casualty. As those with an agenda scheme, those who do not question believe their lies. The way we fight is by knowing the truth of God. So the insurgency which has risen among us fights a battle of ideas and words. They are failed ideas of failed men tried over and over with disastrous results. I want to thank you, Sean, for being with us today. You bring such light to this conversation. Yes, thank you so much for being with us. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Friends, thanks for joining Christy and me today. We hope you'll join us each and every week here on 100.7 KKHT, The Word, at kkht.com or on courageouschristianity.today, where you can listen to previous episodes by podcast. We're honored to walk with you in Christ. God bless and semper fi. <laughs>